It's your boy. <laughs> the one and only A-Switch. A.K.A. The Buttermilk Bastard. <laughs> A.K.A. The Cheesecake Crusader. A.K.A. Who put these damn... Put these damn boxes in my room. <laughs> Uh, aka the undisputed uncontested social distance champion uh, bringing you yet another episode of Switches Sites uh, episode 101 let me teach you something <laughs> uh, today's date is uh, April 20 wait April I want to say April 4th but I'm like the fourth is the month, so y'all excuse my moment of uh of uh I don't even know just mental loss <laughs> april twenty second twenty twenty one um man uh this week has been uh been fairly crazy, probably the biggest one of this week for sure uh Derek chauvin uh, getting his ass locked up, hopefully, um, due to, you know, obviously the events of George Floyd, um, rest in peace, uh, considering everything, um, there's some form of justice, hopefully, I think they're still determining the sentencing, I want to say, um, I hate, I hate everything legal and political, so, I, uh, not sure about that, but, uh, at least if anything convicted on all counts as he should, cause that motherfucker was guilty as all get out. But yeah, so it's, it, it's sad that it's so bittersweet. Um, and specifically in terms of, uh, that I don't know why um bittersweet is not the right word. I'm not sure why I use that, but it's just, it's very sad that, we literally were like nervous, you know, based on the fact that, well, obviously history has definitely been the biggest indicator here that they haven't, um, I don't even know how to, that, uh, yeah, the, the, the odds, even though there is clear, distinct evidence, um, was general is generally never in the victim's favor when it comes to race and police brutality. So, this is definitely a big win, but definitely, uh, you know, doesn't go to show like uh, that <laughs> it's uh, we have a lot more work still to do that still needs to be done. Uh, a lot more work that needs to be done still. So, I mean, if anything, it definitely lightens the load a little bit, but you know, why did it have to take this to, to, to get that, get that across all the, you know, us having to riot, uh, rally, what have you to even get to this point. But I digress, but hopefully George Floyd got some, um, solace in that respect either way. Nonetheless, um, getting back on topic, um, 
gaming wise this has been a pretty yeah I've actually been a, been a pretty crazy week uh so uh without further ado let's stop dilly dallying and get right into it um biggest probably story of of the um the week uh so that uh story we talked about last episode in regards to PlayStation uh closing the PS3 and PS Vita stores and PSP stores so looks like <laughs> Sony Sony was like <laughs> And he's like, guys, we've heard you. <laughs> guys, we've heard you. Uh, you <laughs> you've made your uh, your 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 opinions uh, clearly stated. Let me let me <laughs> let me stop paraphrasing. That actually, read the quote. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in the. Uh, I'm gonna do it in the uh, tycoon talk, though. I got to. It's only it's only necessary. Okay. <laughs> Just the thought of it is making me laugh so bad. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Recently, we notified players that PlayStation Store for PlayStation 3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. Upon further reflection, hmm, <laughs> I added that. I'm sorry. However, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today, I'm happy to say that we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PS Vita devices. PSP will commence function, no, PSP Commerce functionality will retire on July 2nd, 2021 as planned. We, when we initially came to the, the t- <laughs> When we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for PS3 and PS Vita, it was born out of a number of factors, including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more on our resources on newer devices where majority of our gamers are playing on. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. I'm glad that we can keep this piece of our history alive for gamers to enjoy while we continue to create cutting-edge new game worlds for PS4, PS5, and the next generation of VR. Thank you for sharing your feedback with us. We're always listening and appreciate the support from our PlayStation community. (laughs) So you could definitely, um, you can definitely feel some, uh, some jabs in there for sure. Some very uh suspect uh you know if you guys weren't won't won't stop clinging on to your damn old consoles and and just buy a damn PlayStation Five that you can't get right now uh unless you're lucky blah 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 is 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 a little is is a little shade uh I f- I forgot there was somewhere else where you 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 kind of hinted you you felt a little shade as well um let me look back at it. Um, 
born out of a number of factors, commerce support challenges for older devices and ability for us to focus more. Yes, mm, I I guess maybe there's there's room for for a debate there. I could I could see some point there. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future. I mean, duh, obviously. And on top of that, on top of that, which we, uh, we talked about before, is that like a lot of these games uh, are like ridiculously expensive if you were to get them physically. Um, so, I mean, you know, yeah. So, and this is really the only like legit way to legitimately get these games to play them on, on the PS3. So yes, some, some, some uh, slight jabs here and there, but I mean, Hey, at the end of the day, we, uh, we yelled loud enough. Uh, we got our pitchforks out. So it's like, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me stop. Let me, let me, uh, change it back. So RIP to the PSP, but I mean, pretty much the PS Vita does fulfill a lot of the roles that the PSP did anyway. So, I mean, I think it's, that's still fine. Um, I'm pretty sure the PSP games will technically still be up within the PS Vita store. I would assume, um, I think it's just that the servers for the PSP will just be cut down or shut down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable, reasonable, um, kind of a compromise in terms of just completely shutting the store down and like giving us very short notice, like, uh, less what this technically would be like a three technically assuming let's say, uh, what July at the latest probably would have been a, yeah, very short, um, yeah, uh, insanely unrealistic time frame to have people buy everything before the store closes. So if anything, if, uh, you know, it, it feels imminent that they're probably going to do this again, like when, when more time passes that they'll try to, you know, hopefully give us a better buffer, at least like at least at the very least six months, ideally probably at least a full year. I think that's pretty fair. Give, 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 give us a year to, you know, get all the games you want before they shut the stores down. So good on Sony for, you know, <laughs> guys, we've heard you. <laughs> that gets me every time <laughs> guys, we've heard you. Don't tell. <laughs> I mean, like name a damn press conference where you have not heard that. I mean, it's few and far between now, at least these recently in last year, but either way. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so keep it in line with the PS, uh, news and damn it. I forgot my time code. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, we'll say 12. 
Okay, so apparently, you know, uh, I mean, given the the juggernaut that's uh, Xbox Game Pass uh, as like, you know, the equivalent of Netflix, if you will, nowadays um, for games, uh, definitely a lot of speculation has been going on with what is um, is uh, Sony going to do to try to compete with that? So this would be a very weird, uh, I guess, form of a, a answer to Xbox Game Pass. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess you'd be the judge. But uh, apparently, specifically in Poland, um, it seems like Sony is testing out a video service or uh, I guess uh, additional incentive for a Game Pass where they provide or what they call a PlayStation plus video pass where it seems like you'll get access to a a set of movies, at least in this, uh, in the, the website for Poland for the service, they have venom zombie land, double tap and Vin Diesel's bloodshot. (laughs) Um, so it seems like this, a similar form of, uh, of, um, well, not really, but it seems like a extension of a PS plus, but now there's movies added. So maybe like at least seeing how they could probably work it in along with the three games you generally get each month, they might give you, you know, these three movies you can claim or, uh, well, yeah, technically claim each month to watch after that or whatever, at least I would assume, but, um, it's very weird. It's obviously not a direct comp competition to game pass. If this is the answer, but super weird. Um, especially, especially when you factor in that, like, you know, most people who have a, well, maybe, maybe I don't want to say that, but I would assume most people that, um, have a gaming console generally want to play games on it. Of course, obviously media consumption being like a secondary, uh, you know, use for it in terms, in terms of watching streaming services and stuff like that. But, uh, just a weird niche. I feel like they're trying to fulfill that isn't necessarily wouldn't make any, sh- like, I don't know, rumbles or shakings or, uh, earthquakes, if you will, it just, um, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but this is uh, according to VGC, Sony could set the role movie and television content in a PlayStation plus subscriptions according to content briefly uploaded to its website, a logo of the PS plus, uh, PlayStation plus video pass was published on Sony's official website today along with the following description and in on the Polish website now removed. That's interesting. A new benefit available for a limited time on PlayStation plus PS plus video pass trial service active, um, April, April 21st to April 22nd description benefit is available to PS plus users. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're really better off just directly competing with Xbox. If this is the case, cause this is definitely, uh, at least as a speaking as a gamer, uh, dare I say enthusiast, um, 
yeah, this does not sweeten the pot at all for me. Uh, odds are it'll probably be movies I don't care about <laughs> or don't want to watch, which is in, in, in some cases kind of the case with some of the free games you get for with PlayStation plus and, uh, Xbox gold as well. So I feel like even with, with the games, there's more of a, a chance of me. Um, and I, I'd say generally most people would want to play a game rather than watching a movie in particular. Um, when it comes to this type of service. So that's catered towards gamers. Generally, I would assume, of course, obviously there's the outlier people who have a PS PS console, Xbox console, whatever, just to watch media, which is totally understandable. Not even to, uh, detract from that, but yeah, that is weird. This is weird. This is definitely no comp- competition to Game Pass, but maybe they're trying something. It's, it's very weird of all places, Poland, they would do this, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe their cons- media consumption is the highest there they've probably tracked or something. Super weird. Either way, you know, hey, there you go. <laughs> you want to, you, you, a uh, movie video buff? Uh, hey. PlayStation plus video pass. I don't know how they would market it, but anyway, moving on. Um, I can now remember to do my time codes cause I haven't been and I am, I feel very bad about it. Uh, so Microsoft, uh, had a, uh, I guess, pretty much a big event, uh, called game stack live. Um, I think this is kind of technically an ongoing thing. That's like gradually going out throughout the, the years. Um, at least that I wasn't aware of, uh, at least until recently, until some of the developments they, uh, they provided here, but, uh, with game stack, um, Oh, I think it was a live event. And it seems, which also makes sense is that it seems to be catered towards game devs. And I, I assume, uh, indie, indie devs as well, um, that are just making games, uh, for the hardware, the series, series sex. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta name it that every time now for the multi-platform, but, um, it was some interesting highlights, interesting highlights, uh, when it comes to that, uh, specifically, probably one of the biggest is, I believe the fidelity X fidelity FX, uh, by AMD, which, uh, basically I believe they announced that it would give and provide more performance for the series six, <laughs> um, where they actually, you know, will get a little bit more performance juice out of your consoles with this, uh, implementation of the software that I'll probably come in a future update. Um, and I think NVIDIA had, uh, something similar, um, not maybe a one-to-one, but, uh, somewhat of a similar, uh, addition, um, that's coming down the pipeline. I, I'd assume is uh, real time ray tracing, um, which at least uh, in terms of example was used with Minecraft. I doubt it would just be with Minecraft. At least that's how it's being presented, but I could definitely see it with other games down the line. 
Um, also the Xbox velocity architecture, which is the architecture that is, uh, I guess the pillar foundation of, of the series X at, <laughs> I forgot it this time, the series sex. <laughs> so, um, you know, of course with the, which I guess it technically is kind of the direct storage or the terminology for direct storage for the consoles rather than, um, than windows, which is direct storage with they which they also refer to also, well, it seems to be interchangeable. So direct, direct storage uses the velocity architecture, which also is implemented within this, the series sex as well. <laughs> that, that I tried to not make that as convoluted as it probably sounds, but Either way, basically direct storage, velocity architecture, they both seem to go hand in hand. And basically this architecture is what is going to implement um, the um, the graphics cards, uh, at least I guess for mainly for NVIDIA and probably AMD down the road. It seems like NVIDIA is upfront about it, that um, it'll basically let you stream game data directly from, uh, a H is it PCIe 4.0 drive to, um, your graphics card. It has to be RTX and up or, you know, whatever the future holds after, um, you know, the world now, but basically it'll let you stream game data much faster than, you know, a PCIe 3.0, um, which is still way down the road from now, I guess, with the exception of, uh, Xbox games. And, um, I guess to some rough extent PS five, but at least, uh, they provided more thorough like information regarding how the functionality does work. And it'll probably come, come to, uh, windows at some, some later date after they fully get everything pinned down. But definitely, um, gawking <laughs> astonished at the potential of what that could could do for games and development and you know especially what like open world games like <laughs> think of grand theft auto like you know what uh the um game uh that um that programming code fixed that the the one uh random guy uh, did aside, even, even outside of that, even having like GTA five, being able to load in like what five seconds is that would, that would be, that'd be insane. So, um, yeah, outside of that, not to get, (laughs) try not to make this too technical or over people's heads, but, uh, it definitely seems like a lot of cool stuff they're doing with Xbox when it comes to, uh, development on both the PC side, as well as the, um, the Xbox console side as uh, you know, in addition to, so I love it. I love it. It's so great. Uh, everything is getting better. We all want to be optimized. We want to be maybe it, maybe just me. I mean, I've at times I've wondered if what, what, what would happen if I had a cybernetic arm, that'd be kind of I just uppercut people and they head fall off. I don't, I don't envision uppercutting people though. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to say it like that. 
Oh, where did we, where did we go? No, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me, let me change. <laughs> let me steer, let me steer back to where I was actually intended to go with what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we came to, uh, getting a cybernetic arm and uppercutting people's heads off, but you know what? Hey, we're here. I'm just going to accept it. You know, let's just, let's just bask in this. Why not? Um, but yeah, either way, I think it, it, this, this, uh, game stack is pretty fascinating. Uh, at least as a fellow enthusiast, uh, to, um, you know, get a good idea of what at least game developers, uh, will have at their disposal for, uh, games, um, down the line to like blow our minds and, you know, just our skin comes off and we're just like faceless, but happy, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, still keeping the, um, Microsoft train going. I'm sorry. That was unsettling. Um, uh, Microsoft also in terms of the, uh, man, the, the travesty of the Xbox live gold requirement or no, I think this was like a couple months ago with the whole Xbox live fiasco where I believe they were hiking up the price. Like I think by double, um, and you know, Hey, you know, you know, us gaming fans, we, we very vocal when it comes to, Hey, wait, wait a minute. Now, wait, you, you know, no. Microsoft's like, Oh man, my, I'm sorry, man. My bad. My bad. I'm so sorry, man. Ah, oh, man, my bad. You know what? Let's, um, let's remove Xbox live go requirements for free to play games. Uh, so they did announce that <laughs> it seemed like a very, like, uh, I don't know, abrupt, type of, oh man, we're, oh, we're so sorry. We fucked up. Okay. Yeah. This is probably guys. We've heard you. <laughs> guys. <laughs> this is even, not even in front of a, not even a press conference, but <laughs> directly confronted, uh, amongst a, a clan of, uh, what Xbox fans, gaming fans, whatever. <laughs> guys, guys, we've heard you. Xbox Live Go requirement for free to play games uh is is being removed today. So uh I thought this actually happened already, but I guess it didn't uh given that now we did get news that it it has been removed for free to play games. So uh I believe Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone Fortnite, Apex Legends, and Destiny, which, uh, yeah, I, I forgot Destiny did go free to play technically, um, are all, you're all, uh, are all able to be played, uh, without an Xbox Live Gold subscription, which definitely, uh, I mean, from a competitive standpoint between the PlayStation 5 and the Series X, uh, sex. <laughs> seems to definitely make at least specifically the series S m- way more appealing, 
uh, consider. And that's a very cheap price point. Uh, if you're just, that's really your only intention of playing games. Um, or, you know, even the, the potential possibility of dipping into game pass as well. So, um, that's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, Hey, I mean, how we got to it, uh, was, was very questionable in terms of, Oh, Oh, I'm, Oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't, we didn't mean to, to double the price of our subscription. Oh man. Uh, uh, guys, we've heard. Guys, we've heard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, either way. Uh, at the end of the day, we got Xbox Live free for free to play games. So good on them specifically. Um, moving on. Man, so pretty crazy, uh, man, Overwatch, we all know it, um, I need healing, um, man, it's so many memorable quotes of, for Overwatch, I, I, you kind of, uh, underestimate that, but either way, it's high noon, I gotta do it, it is high noon. That's the, it's the black version. <laughs> so if McCree was black and is high noon, <laughs> if McCree was black, maybe a little bit older than how I look. I don't, maybe I am, I'll do look older, whatever. Shut up. Um, we would, that would, <laughs> that would be it. Um, but uh, some pretty crazy news, at least in, in regards to overwatch, um, Jeff Kaplan, who, at least for me, I've just, I've always associated as the soul heart soul of, of, uh, overwatch, uh, is decided to leave the company after I believe 19 years with the company. And that's, that is crazy. So, uh, and uh, he's being uh, replaced uh, with Aaron Keller, who's a, a, a another fellow veteran um, and founding member of the Overwatch team. And he'll be stepping in as the game director going forward. Um, but I guess what 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 makes me suspicious uh, or dare I say sus? I don't know, man, that's sus. <laughs> um is just the the departure of him just seems weird and off um yeah cuz i mean like in terms of the like their official statement from the site uh you have um Aaron's statement uh greetings overwatch community um just been a great leader mentor and friend he knows how much we're going to miss him I've been lucky to work uh, alongside him and the rest of the, of the Overwatch team for many years and building something that continues to inspire people all around the world. And I'm honored to carry the torch forward. I love Overwatch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could, I could. <laughs> From our first pieces of concept art to the first maps we built, to the first time I was able to run around as Tracer, who at that early point shot laser beams out of her eyes. This game has just clicked with me. 
I love its inspiring, uh, hopeful, beautiful world worth fighting for. I love its characters larger than life, colorful, powerful, and global. And most of all, I love the fast, fluid gameplay requiring teamwork, situational awareness, and quick decision making. I also recognize that making games at Blizzard has always been a group effort and never about just one point of view. Together with the rest of the team, I feel fortunate that we have a deep bench of development and creative leaders, numerous veteran Blizzard artists and designers, and some extremely talented new blood as well, along with tons of support throughout the company for the live game and for Overwatch 2. Speaking of Overwatch 2, development is continuing at a good pace. We have an exceptional vision we're executing on. The reaction from many of you to the updates we shared at BlizzCon Line thrilled us, and we have exciting reveals planned for this year and beyond as we ramp to launch. We'll be sharing more frequent updates about Overwatch 2's progress and new features in a live game with you all very soon. While I have no pretenses about filling Jeff's shoes, I'm excited to step into the game director role and continue to be part of a team that's putting all of its heart, talent, and focus into the next iteration of Overwatch. And I'm honored to continue serving this incredible community. Aaron. So what's, what's really making me curious is while I have no pretenses about filling Jeff's, Jeff's shoes, that just, that terminology just seems um, just a little weird. But going from that, um, we're, uh, we're tremendously grateful for Jeff's contributions over the years. Please see a personal note from Jeff below. Uh, he says, I am leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who supported our games our game teams and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be always there to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. GG Jeff, Jeffrey Kaplan. Uh, and I mean that, that last line that makes you want to makes you want to tear up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Just never accept the world as it appears to be always dare to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. Oh, oh, Jeff, don't, oh, I ain't gonna lie. That made me feel some type of way. Just, just, just reading it out loud, you know, just knowing how, how synonymous he's always been with uh, Overwatch. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, but I mean, we, we don't know what happened at, at the same time. He literally could have been planning this a long time down the road. Uh, you know, even before BlizzCon line or whatever, he just had a set date and maybe from a media standpoint, wanted to try to keep it as, uh, as, uh, under wraps as possible until there was a, like a pr better preferred time to reveal it, to not detract from Overwatch, uh, Overwatch twos like reveal or further details at BlizzCon line. Um, so it's uh it's weird but i mean you know recently with some of the blizzard uh, activision stuff i think the head of the head of blizzard left as well like i want to say a month or so ago too 
So, I mean, at the same time, I feel like it could potentially just be some, some button heads of, of, uh, devs that, uh, you know, some, um, creative differences that, (laughs) that seems to be the common, uh, terminology used for like, you know, with just straight up two companies or, you know, um, especially I would assume companies joining, combining, uh, attempting to becoming one in unison, a synergy, if you will, um, seems to, uh, possibly be part of the issue maybe, but we don't know at the same time. Uh, at least maybe just Jeff was just good. He's just maybe retiring early, which I don't see that. I feel like he's probably still gonna go somewhere and make, make something else or something, which at the, I also understand. I, you know, I think some developers just are tired of creating the same thing and just needs, need to create something else to, you know, ignite another spark to keep going, which I think may potentially happen too. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's sad. It, it's sad knowing how much you could tell he like really genuinely cared for the game and the development of the game and the community. And, um, you know, uh, especially with all his, like what monthly, uh, well just his, uh, periodical, um, uh, updates of the game where, you know, he goes into full detail about like, you know, some of the changes, why they made the changes, um, always being open to feedback and, you know, letting, letting the community know, like if it doesn't work, we'll probably go back on it. Um, but we're just, we're just, we just want to test it out, see if it results in something better than what we already have and things like that, which personally I always definitely appreciated about him. You could definitely tell he really, uh, he really cared about the game. So I guess that's also another reason why, you know, maybe I was, uh, it just seems suspicious, but you know, at the same time, we don't know all we can do is speculate until, you know, maybe something else happens, but RIP, I don't know why it feels like he's dying, but it's like, I know he's probably still going to be around to some extent, whether it be in another game that I might genuinely love and thoroughly enjoy, but it's sad. Um, but definitely, uh, wish him the best, uh, in his future endeavors. Um, and yeah, definitely appreciate his work on, a probably one of, uh, definitely, um, of, uh, my favorite multiplayer games. Um, yeah, Overwatch. So, uh, I guess in regards to like the state of Overwatch two, um, I think that's probably the biggest question. Maybe a lot of people have. I don't think it's, 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 it's going to affect its development in a, any big way. Um, I think obviously they had a lot of things in mind and again, we don't know what happened specifically when it came or comes to, um, what, uh, when, when, uh, Jeff actually technically departed with the, the company and, you know, now it maybe just was made public. So, I mean, in terms of when it comes to game development, which obviously I have no clue about from that end, I can only be somebody from the outside looking in, but I would think that, um, you know, 
a team. It definitely takes a team to make a game. So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, very critical, um, people when it comes to that, which I don't think is all entirely on, on Jeff. So, um, you know, obviously there's just a lot of things Jeff isn't capable of that he can obviously provide guidance and direction, but not necessarily be the end person that does it. So, um, considering that, I think, you know, overwatch two is still on track and I think they company wide, they didn't implement like a lot of people that were planning to, or they were ramping up actually, um, in the game devs for the game, I want to say, which I partially maybe could have been why there may have been some disagreements, uh, with that in terms of maybe making, making the game put more, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like pressure on the game, I guess, to try to have it out by a certain time frame or something like that. Maybe there was potentially some button of heads, uh, in regards to that or something. Um, but yeah, so interesting either way. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a big blow either way. Just knowing somebody who's one been so seasoned with uh blizzard and, you know, uh, definitely was, um, a very integral part of the development of this game, especially, you know, making it, uh, the game that it is today. So either way, um, definitely wish him the best of luck in terms of, uh, you know, his future endeavors with whatever he decides to do. Cause, um, if, uh, at least I can only specifically attest overwatch is pretty good. So, yeah, moving on. Um, I'm doing good with my codes because I <laughs> I keep beating up myself about the codes, but I'm really trying to do it. Um, so <laughs> from one one dev uh one one uh lead to another. Uh, I guess <laughs> depending on how you interpret it, but uh, I guess considering the um, aftermath <clears throat> of that whole news story, I, I believe we talked about last last episode in regards to Jason Schreier um, revealing a lot of details regarding Sony's plans for uh, future games and, and their kind of uh, rough roadmap of at least one angle of their company. Um, specifically when it came to gate days gone, I don't know why I said, I wanted to say gays gone. I was like, no, what? Either way, um, for days gone, um, the lead, uh, of that, of that title. Um, I believe it was an interview with Jeffy. Yeah. So the creative director of days gone, um, I'll just read this here. The creative director and writer of days gone has said that players should buy games at full price. If they like them, instead of waiting for them to go on sale or be given away as part of services like PlayStation plus, uh, John Garvin was speaking to game game designer, uh, David Jaffe 
on Jaffe's YouTube show, uh, YouTube show, YouTube show. Uh, for those that don't know, Davy Jaffe is, uh, basically the, the creator of God of, of Kratos, the, the, for the original game, I believe, I think I briefly talked about this last episode, but he created Kratos in the first game, but I think maybe due to creative differences or whatever, he left. And then, um, Corey Barlog stepped in and I think he pretty much made every game since, uh, I believe could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, so with that kind of in mind, uh, yeah, he asked, have you heard anything about, about any meaningful uptick of engagement with days gone since the game was added to PlayStation plus collection on PS five. And he said, uh, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest and it might piss some of them off. <laughs> Garvin replied, if you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS plus, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, Jaffe responds, but how do you know you love a game until you've played it? And then, um, Garvin replied, I'm just saying you don't, but don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel. If it, if it wasn't supported at launch, Gavin replied, it's like God of war got whatever number millions of sales at launch and you know, days gone. Didn't, um, just speaking for me personally as a developer, I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. <laughs> I'm totally probably just taking that completely out of context in terms of my tone, but at least how it, how it was, it was quoted. It seems like, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that goes in line with the news that, uh, pitch for days gone to, uh, had been rejected, which I'm pretty sure we talked last episode about, um, prompted, um, prompted by David Jaffe, the game designer known for creating God of war and twisted metal. I forgot about that. Yeah. Twisted metal as well. Uh, to host video interviews with days gone directors on his YouTube channel last week. He had Jeff Ross while yesterday it was John, John Garvin's turn. Um, who also, he, he directed the game and wrote, wrote the game days gone. Uh, so, oh, and then he revealed Garvin. He revealed he left Sony Ben merely days after the game's release in uh 2019 of April. Um, wow. Yeah. So, which I think this is also fairly insightful as well. Um, Jaffe asked him how he took the first wave of days gone reviews. Um, which he replied considering, I think the reviews were kind of, it was kind of at the time I, I recall them being like very mediocre. It was either. Yeah. They, people loved it or hated it, or they were just like very lukewarm on it. But either way, uh, he said, I took it hard to be honest, because again, this is just the reality of Sony Metacritic scores, everything. If you're the creative director on a franchise and your game is coming out to a 70, you're not going to be the creative director on that franchise for very long. Damn. Which is, I guess since he's no longer with the company that I guess kind of shows, which is, it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, at least, uh, it definitely, when I, I played it for like maybe three hours and then dropped it. 
but I know since then they made a lot of a lot of improvements to the game, which I never gave it a fair shake. Uh, but I definitely plan to um, at some point. Um, but I mean, I I understand that that aspect in terms of um, you know that I mean we like to say that Metacritic score doesn't matter, but it's, it's pretty insightful to see on the other end, you know, specifically I, I vividly recall, um, Corey Barlog's like, uh, Dr. Renner documentary. I think it's, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube. I think it's PlayStation's official video creating Kratos or something like that, where it literally like documents the whole, uh, development, um, process, uh, for God of war, uh, 2018, um, like the whole pretty much trials and tribulations, the, (laughs) the good, bad, and ugly. And then like it all pretty much came down to that one video, uh, that show, you know, Corey Barlog, like looking at, looking at the uh, Metacritic reviews the first day and, you know, just bawling his eyes out, just being relieved that it got like, I think a 90 or something, or pretty much in that range, which, you know, I think is definitely a, a safe spot for them in terms of that. But it, uh, it's, it, it's sad that, you know, games are kind of determined by a very arbitrary number that I think in a lot of cases can't necessarily, necessarily, um, did accurately determine a game's quality, but, you know, as a rough, general, you know, I guess, uh, um, not vain, but yeah, I guess vain, like look at a game's quality, um, which, you know, I think spawns these issues, but I know, I mean, at the same time with, uh, days gone, it definitely did have a lot of issues at launch. I, I do recall buying it at launch as well. And I think that's partially why I dropped it. Um, that yeah, it had some technical issues that I just didn't feel like messing with at the time. And I think maybe some other games came out. I think it probably also was competing with some um some big hitters as well that I don't recall. But either way, all that combined comes into you know that that does factor in. You know um, that. Yeah, you can't tell people to buy a game at full price if they're not interested in because I think we all do it. It's it's literally a lot of games I've seen and or come across. I'm like, yeah, I definitely would 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 buy that if that was like, you know, like thirty dollars, twenty dollars, whatever, which, you know, that's that's a realistic thing that that'll happen that uh, it's <laughs> it's a little it's a it, I'd say in bad taste to to. Yeah, if you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. That's a little, a little too, um, a little too harsh. You know, it's a little, a little too abrasive. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, people got lives, jobs, responsibilities. They, they, they can't be just spending, <laughs> spending money on a game. Be like, oh, I don't know about it. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it at full price, though. No, that's. That's not how the world uh, works, unfortunately. So I understand where he's coming from, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's a little, little harsh. You, uh, 
you probably if the game was uh not as buggy or yeah pretty much buggy at launch and uh i it definitely i from what i've heard it they definitely made the vast improvements to the game's quality though and as well now i think they uh also are releasing days going on pc um soon as well so uh, hopefully maybe, um, that might bring it back. You never know. I mean, I, I, we are a very vocal community where, you know, can bring some, some things from the dead, maybe not all things, but, uh, Hey, you know, it could be like what twin peaks where it's like a very cult. Yeah. I think twin peaks, I believe it had a really good season. And then the second season was really bad or towards the end. It soured a lot of people's smiles. And then, uh, oh yeah, that's what it was. So they, uh, I, I only know this recently cause I was watching up uh, some documentaries of it, but the first season was really good. Uh, second season or no, before they made the second season, I think they were getting pressured by the studio to tell them to reveal the, the killer, who the killer was, um, who killed, uh, Laura Palmer, if you know, um, and they weren't, they weren't ever going to do it or something like that. And that, that's, that's, I think a lot of what the appeal of that show was. And then come to find out they were forced to, they reveal who the killer was and then bam, they like, everybody just stopped watching after that, uh, to my understanding. So pretty much be before the, I think they did that like halfway through the second season and then like, you know, viewership like tanked and all that. And then come to find out like what years, decades later, um, you know, the, the show became a cult hit and everybody loved it and ranted and raved about it. So it's, um, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully maybe that could potentially be days gone. I mean, from, the plot, I, I definitely found it interesting. Uh, you know, what sons of anarchy and a zombie apocalypse is definitely a very unique, uh, angle. Um, and I love me some zombies. So, I mean, that, that's what got me. <laughs> so, um, so who knows maybe if the, if sales hike up, well, I don't know <laughs> after this <laughs> buy the game at fucking full price. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> you buy the game of fucking wow uh just just kind of reeling over that it's kind of crazy now thinking about it either way uh moving on um all right so uh man the uh, metal gear solid well metal gear reboot uh, rumors seem to be holding that water because, uh, apparently, um, in an interview with David Hayter, who's obviously, if you don't know, probably the most iconic voice actor. Um, well, I'd say, yeah, in general for gaming, for sure. But who's, you know, I mean, for me personally, it's literally solid snake. I can't see anybody else, uh, as solid snake but David Hayter, I mean, even yeah, the, the whole Kiefer Sutherland thing that was just weird and off, which I think was also a hindrance to, um, metal gear as well. 
But um, yeah, so in an interview on YouTube with uh, David Allen Gaming, um, they uh, basically talk about a lot of stuff in the in the in the um, interview, uh, including Kojima and just in general, um, his career and Metal Gear. Uh, but they do touch on the fact that, um, he's, uh, talking about it. Um, but I guess the concerning thing is that he hasn't been necessarily contacted about it in terms of like, you know, Hey, we want you to do do the comeback to do the voice of solid snake, um, or big boss, whatever. But, uh, yeah, the fact that he hasn't been contacted about it is, uh, is, is, is concerning, but at least in that he did state that, um, he, he's heard that it's been a thing basically that it's, 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 it it seems like it's actually a legit thing, which, you know, coming from him, that's kind of crazy. But the fact that he's not involved, I think that's a bigger concern if anything, um, since it would, um, yeah, that would mean it would be somebody who is a Dave hater. And it's like, <laughs> that's not solid snake. Then <laughs> it's not David hater. Who is it? So that's a huge concern. I'd say, I mean, yeah, you can't have solid snake, a big boss without David hater. That's, it's just, it's, it's literally some characters you can actually replace, but it's like others. You literally can't like, that's like that person is iconically will always be that character. Like, you know, um, Sam Fisher is always Michael Ironside, even though like, I think in what splinter cell blacklist, they changed him to somebody else, which was, you know, again, there's like, Nope, that's not my, not my Sam Fisher, not my solid snake. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Michael Ironside has some medical issues or something at the time, which I think that's why they decided to not use him. But yeah, uh, it's you. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's just some characters are, I like it's, it's like literally no way you cannot. <sighs> Maybe if you literally try to emulate their, you know, their whole, you know, um, speaking style, whatever dialect, uh, accent, but even then still you, yeah, it's really no, it's really no way. Um, so, I mean, on the good side, at least, yes, that maybe we're definitely getting a, a metal gear reboot, but on the other side, it's like at what cost where it's like, we can't even get the most iconic character, uh, that's known to be, uh, solid snake, big boss is, yeah, that definitely, uh, has me very concerned. I mean, part, part of me is, is very excited that metal gear is potentially coming back, but the other side is with the factor that, um, he may not actually be, um, he <laughs> solid snake is not solid snake. <laughs> that's, that's concerning. So, but at the same time, we're not sure if this is going to be still like, it's still a rumor, of course, but if it's actually going to be a Metal Gear Solid remake or personally, personally, what I would want more is it to be a Metal Gear uh, 
Metal Gear remake, like remaking the first Metal Gear, which, you know, I think that just leads leads to a lot of options and opportunities to like get, you know, very creative with stuff uh, in terms of, you know, um, you you have the definitely the 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 um, template in terms of the whole like plot and story of of the original Metal Gear. And, you know, you can totally just go crazy, like seeing things now in a whole new perspective, uh, what people envision, what the original Metal Gear will look like now or, you know, back in the day. But with modern day graphics will be crazy. Um, Personally, that's what I will want. And yeah, this would take place after. Yeah, this takes place after Metal Gear Solid 5. So that will make the most sense to me you're not necessarily tied or confined too much by the, by the, uh, convolutedness of, uh, <laughs> Kojima's metal gear series. I mean, for the most part, <laughs> but, um, I think that would be a very good, like place to start with trying to bring metal gear back is to basically remake metal, the original metal gear, especially considering how the, everything's been prequel before coming up to um, the original Metal Gear anyway. It just seems the that would, personally, I think that would be the best place to start for it. But I I would be lying to you if I, if we also, you know, they didn't um bring uh, Metal Gear Solid as well. I mean, I'd, I'd welcome either or definitely, but from a preference standpoint, I think, it overall would make sense for metal gear to be remade. Um, the original one to just give a lot of everybody, uh, especially people that never played started with metal gear solid and haven't played the original metal gears. I think that also would, um, just be a great opportunity as well from that standpoint. Um, you know, for people who are huge fans of the series, but maybe skipped on the original metal gears or whatever. So, Hey, Konami, I'm just saying, just hit me up. Just let me know. I mean, I got these ideas for days. I mean, look, you, you got, you bring in uh, what was her name in uh dead by daylight, you know, got pyramid head in there. Just come on now. Just, just talk to me. Let me tell you, tell you what to <laughs> give, give you the master plan. Trust me. <laughs> I have experience that at all. Um, but yeah, that's uh, at least my my two cents on that. So pretty cool. At least at the uh, at the very least, we at least again a Metal Gear remake. But I must be very hesitant now that uh, potentially, allegedly, David Hayter may not be involved. But maybe it could be. I mean, another angle potentially could be in maybe the so early stages that maybe he wasn't asked yet. And maybe they also wanted to keep it a secret that maybe he, uh, they didn't want to include him yet maybe. But then again, I'm not sure how, how that whole process works when, before they involve voice actors in to the process yet. Um, I would think it would. Mm, yeah. Cause I would assume they want to get their input on uh, maybe some aspects of the character essence of the character as they're making a character potentially. 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I know they for sure make the character and then they try to find the actor for the character if that uh, hasn't already been established yet. So, yeah. Nonetheless, hey, I mean, I, I, yeah. If anything, it seems like Metal Gear will come sooner or later, which is good to hear. I mean, it's a great series. I mean, and I'm all, I wouldn't, uh, I would be, I'm very curious to see what it would look like in the hands of somebody else other than Kojima, even though, I mean, of course, in an ideal world, I mean, that's, that's Kojima's baby. That for sure is. And you know, maybe that <laughs> I'm not even going to rule that out. I mean, considering how I think those rumors way back that potentially he could still, they could have possibly made amends with Kojima possibly made amends with Konami that now they might actually be developing, um, could be working on that. Um, very unlikely, but I mean, I'm not going to say it ain't possible. I mean, especially shooting the game in realm space. It feels like what we got, we got freaking final fantasy seven remake. We got Shenmue three. I feel like anything's possible at this point. We got freaking Banjo Kazooie and fucking smash ultimate. We got Sephiroth, the, the cloud and, and smash ultimate. I mean, I feel like, anything's possible. <laughs> That's that. Those are things I thought would never happen. And they happened. Literally most of the PlayStation's mascots are in, in Nintendo's game, uh, let alone Xbox. I mean, any, I, anything's possible. <laughs> we have freaking cross play. Now we literally people who have a PlayStation can play with people who have an Xbox. I, anything's possible. right now. <laughs> I'm not ruling anything out at this point. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully moving on. Uh, lost track of my damn clue. <laughs> I feel like an old man. <laughs> I feel like a, a 50 year old trying to podcast. Well, the goddamn, the damn cold. Uh, I don't know. This, this damn cold. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, I, I really need to look into some software. I know there is some software that like lets you uh, like time code, uh, like a stopwatch. I can assume you'll probably get an update later. That'll, I'll, uh, in the next episode, I'm like, Hey guys, I found it. Um, either way, next topic of discussion, uh, virtual fighter five, uh, has been listed, uh, on, uh, the Asian, uh, PSN network, um, which technically it was alluded to at least like, uh, I want to say roughly maybe five last year, I think that, uh, they, it was this weird, like like a subjective commercial where it just showed virtual fighter characters. I think no gameplay or nothing. I think it just showed Akira, the flagship character, the Ryu of virtual fighter, uh, where he was just, you know, he was, he was throwing them elbows. And then it was like, I think just after that virtual fighter, (laughs) virtual fighter, esports, everybody was like, uh, Okay. Okay. So it's, so is it, so is it virtual? 
Virtual Fighter Six? Vir- is it, or is it just a port of Virtual Fighter Five? Or, uh, um, <laughs> and I guess after the fact, it seems like now, like there, we literally have the art for Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Uh, it looks updated. It seems kind of new, but uh, this apparently is was on the uh, at least is uh, maybe currently on still on the Asian uh, PSN store. Um, yeah, but outside of that, we still have no news, no no confirmation or anything, um, which is weird. But hey. Uh, I've, I've recently gotten into virtual fighter, uh, maybe within the past few years. Um, but, uh, from what I played actually, no, I've actually played virtual fighter way back. Um, but five, I have not necessarily played as much, but I played four, I believe. Um, but, uh, it definitely has a lot of potential. I do like the the simplicity of it, it's, it, it, it feels similar to Tekken to me where it's like, um, the kind of a easy to learn, hard to master, which I'm always a fan of that, uh, kind of, um, philosophy when it comes to games. Um, but, uh, it seems like this, uh, will definitely do that. I mean, this technically is already on the Xbox, but you, the online is horrible. Uh, from what I hear, uh, <laughs> I think one time I tried playing it online and like nobody queued up I'm like, Oh, okay, I guess nobody want to play. Nobody want to get these elbows, but it's okay. It's all right. I would have beat them anyway. <laughs> so, um, cool. Uh, hopefully it comes with all the, like, I know there was like a very extensive, like character customization for each character, at least without. I watched this, this, uh, really cool, uh, Japanese YouTube channel, uh, where they stream, like, I think they just have like nights where they're like competing against each other. And they just stream it, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think they call game Newton. I think they did third strike and then they just started doing other games as well. But, um, uh, it was pretty fascinating. Just seeing like high level virtual fighter five play is pretty, pretty damn cool. Just it's, it, it's, it seems simple, but at the same time, it's complex again, that, um, easy to learn, hard to master philosophy. So, um, pretty cool. But another interesting tidbit, I think that also kind of was, uh, well, I guess just in coincidence with it is, uh, for Yakuza six and Yakuza like a dragon, uh, apparently I believe this is specifically the PC version. Um, there is a way to, uh, essentially unlock the game, <laughs> uh, to play it like, uh, on its own more or less, or I, yeah, I think it's probably just a, a hack to play just virtual fighter five by itself, which I know a lot of people like literally <laughs> just want to, to play your not even play Yakuza, but just want to play it because it's a way to play virtual five, virtual fighter five on, uh, a PS4 currently, um, at least, or whatever respective console, I guess other outside of the 360 slash series S sex. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, very interesting coincidence, but uh, it seems like this could potentially just get patched out, but it basically is just a simple code 
that I believe you put in, I'm assuming the INI file that will like let you literally just instantly boot up a uh, virtual fighter five over Yakuza six or and like a dragon, uh, supposedly. So pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it's always, I always appreciate Yakuza for that. Like keeping like some of these legacy classic games. Um, I mean what they've been sleeping on, I mean, streets of rage. I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can't easily access that game a lot now too though. But I mean, if they, if they got streets of rage in there, you know, put some, um, put some achievements you can get in streets of rage within Yakuza. I mean, it does get meta in that game. There's literally challenges in Yakuza tied to like getting a high score in some of the arcade games and stuff too. So anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to support virtual fighter if and when it comes out. I'm not sure about this whole esports angle. Cause that's like, I think the first thing you need to make sure you have down pat, if you want to make this a esports angle is like that online needs to be perfection, needs to be flawless, seamless, going to have some GPO net code, rollback net code, like rollback net code that doesn't, that doesn't roll back. That's like, whoa, that's, that's really rollback net. Code. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really definitely needs to be competent. Cause I feel like, specifically for fighting game nowadays online is literally make or break, uh, will make or break your game at this point, especially in the times we're in with COVID and whatnot, where there's a way more, uh, higher dependency on, um, online. Um, I think it's definitely crucial and very important for them to, um, nail that. Um, if this is to be true and what it is, hopefully it's not, the worst case scenario is just like, oh yeah, it's virtual fighter five. We don't have the online though. You have, you can only play locally. It's like, well, what is even the point of this? <laughs> Especially if they like are touting that whole esports angle. Um, we'll see yet to yet to be determined, but I mean, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Who knows? Like maybe this whole time, they were implementing, um, GGPO or, uh, rollback net code. We'll see. We'll see, but I'm looking forward to it. I want to, I want to, want to, um, throw some people in the wall and do some combos and KO. I want to knock somebody off the, off the stage, which is <laughs> the most petty thing. And most like probably, probably noob, noob, uh, noob accompanying thing is the like, man, I just want to knock somebody off the stage. But I mean, I think there's some legit scenarios where you just do a good combo and you combo them literally off the stage too. So, I mean, it goes both ways, you know, Hey, I could be a noob and just use the one stale move consistently and be cheap and knock you off the stage. Or I could do a fluid, elegant combo and combo your ass off the stage and feel really good. And then probably just win and quit. I don't do that. I'm just saying, I assume there's some assholes out here, out there that do do that. I'm just saying I'm not one of them though. I'm just let, just let that be clear. I, if I lose, I lose respectfully. All right. I'm going to take that beating. I don't, I won't like it or appreciate it, but I'm going to take it, uh, in stride. That's just the type of man I am. Okay. I just, Hey, 
you're going to lose. You're just going to lose. You got to accept it. You know, you can't, you can't fully, uh, enjoy the fruits of victory without the, the sadness and, uh, you know, I guess dread of defeat, you know, I don't know. That's at least personally, I, I believe it, but you know, I digress. And that my friends concludes news for this week. Um, yeah. So let's get into, uh, what I've been playing and what I have actually been playing is, uh, RE8 village demo. So that did come out. Um, it came out this past weekend. Oh man. I know we talked about it last, last episode. My God, (sighs) the, the damn like dumpster fire, uh, just, just horrible, hot garbage mess. Uh, just unnecessarily arbitrary, uh, convoluted mess that this demo process is is just, 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 just the worst. (laughs) It's probably one of the worst I've seen in a while. So just to somewhat give a semi truncated recap of that, but basically in terms of the demo, so it, and how it was presented was just, just unnecessarily, the whole thing is just a mess either way. So how the demo is scheduled or set to work is that this past weekend, uh, was the village demo, which basically is just a 30 minute demo of you exploring the village. So you explore the village and, uh, you reach a certain point. Well, it's, that's the other thing too. So there's a, there is a time limit, like they said, and it basically, it basically just works just like the RE2, RE3 one shot demos where you literally have a 30 second, 30 minute time. Oh man, 30 seconds. That would be, <laughs> that'd be the trolliest shit ever. <laughs> 30 seconds. You just, you just move one inch. Oh, thank you for playing the game. <laughs> oh no, no more accurate. 30 seconds. You step like, <laughs> do you want to pre-order the game now? <laughs> Thanks for playing a demo. Do you want to pre-order now? Are you sure? Oh, <laughs> uh, I would be so mad. I would be so fucking salty, man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so they give you a 30 minute timer. Um, like literally if you, once you start, if you pause, you still, the timer still goes, uh, and, uh, it still is being going, uh, through cutscenes, which I think is very unfair. Like, come on now. Like, I feel like that's like game development one one Don't, uh, have an in-game timer go on during a cutscene. That's just, that's kind of mean. I think that's just mean in of itself, but either way. So with that in mind, um, yeah, you, you either, either the 30 minutes will run out or there's a certain point in the game. You get to a certain point in the demo where it will, uh, end because you've reached the end of the demo. So there, there are those two things. And, um, so yeah, so that's, this, that's, uh, that was this past weekend. And then coming up this weekend is going to be the castle demo, which is the 
roughly the same thing, but just the castle portion. And with all this in mind, this, these two demos, uh, are exclusive to PlayStation four and PlayStation five. Then that the next weekend after this one, there's going to be a, uh, I forgot they called it uh, a full demo or something where it's going to be both the village demo and the castle demo where you have the option to play either one hour in one section or, you know, 30 minutes in both. It that's still convoluted. Cause it's like, do does one demo go into the other or do, can I, can I just spend one hour in the one demo instead of the, the other one? How does, does the, what, what happens to the time? So, you know, like I said, just a hot mess, but anyway, so speaking on the village demo that I played last this past weekend, uh, it is, um, it, it was cool. Um, it, um, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, you definitely get a, a brief look at like the location you're at in terms of the village. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like it, it still felt like a traditional resident evil game or silent hill game where it's like literally every door is locked, which it's, you know, now you're debating like, is this legitimately locked or is this locked for demo purposes? So you have that. Um, the, I, <laughs> so that there's another factor too, where it's like with the demo, um, with 30 minute timer, uh, you can use multiple accounts. So let's say, you know, you have multiple accounts on your PlayStation. You can like, at least what I did the first time I played, I, the timer ran out. I didn't even get to the end yet. Um, but then I used, uh, another account I had and just tried to rush through the game, skip the cut scenes because the, the cut scenes factor into the time, which is, I think is that's so unfair, if, especially if the demo is already restricted to begin with, with a 30 minute damn timer, stupidest thing ever, but I digress. So with, with that in mind, um, the, de- the demo is fine. Um, you get a little bit of combat, nothing crazy, but it, it gave you a little bit of a taste of what the combat will look like. Um, you know, you get some of the story, uh, it was fine. I guess it's just, it's maybe I was just very, just annoyed by the whole demo process. I don't know. Maybe that was kind of ruining my mood about it, but it was fine. I don't know. Maybe it just felt like I was just going through so many hoops to literally play this. It felt like that, like, and the restrictions considering it's like, I, I personally like to absorb a game fully, you know, in, in, engulf myself in the environment to get a, get a full taste of it. But just like putting a timer on it really just, it really just hastens the experience for me personally, where it's like, I just want to explore a little bit, see what I can do, see what I can expect in the main game, which, um, I don't know. I feel like this timer just really just annoys me and just makes kind of just tarnishes the experience for me. Um, at least, uh, fighting with the new enemies there, the werewolves or lichens, whatever. Uh, they definitely are more difficult. It feels like, um, they, they, they do, <laughs> um, move in a manner similar to the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, 
the traditional uh Ganados. Um but yeah, they 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 seem to move very more annoyingly. Um but I don't know, maybe this this is due to uh, maybe I think I felt the same way when I initially played like Resident Evil four and then like started to learn their patterns and stuff, but they definitely make it difficult to aim at, which I assume that's partially the intent and the, the aiming does feel a little weightier than, than like, uh, I mean, this is coming from somebody who plays Call of Duty Modern Warfare a lot. So maybe that's factoring in, but, um, that is a factor where, you know, the aiming does feel like intentionally slow, um, kind of similar to tank controls, but I guess that's yet to be determined fully. Um, at least speaking from the PlayStation five, the dual sense was, is pretty cool. Uh, where you do get to swip swap your weapons and you do get like the feel of it in on your controller. They're like, you know, you're swapping on a new weapon and you kind of feel like, it feels almost like what it would feel like you swapping out another weapon where you're feeling the weight of a new weapon. Kind of, it's hard to describe. I don't think I'm doing it a hundred percent justice, but just to kind of give you an idea in that respect. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, it really, this demo wasn't too spectacular in that respect. It just, it feels like it was just the, the main purpose was to explore the little like secluded location and within the village and just to have a one minor combat encounter, a little, some little story progression. And that was about it. So, um, hopefully the church demo may be better. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I always have a suspension of, uh, I guess, but not belief, but, um, reserve judgment to a full game, but, um, maybe, but also I guess factoring is that I did not really love Resident Evil seven. I do plan to probably play that again before RE eight comes out, which I guess has to be pretty soon. But, um, I, I was not a fan of RE seven. I think this is one of the, it's the one, one RE one RE game. I never replayed. I like literally played it, um, with some friends and yeah, after it was all said and done, I don't know. just something about it just didn't sit right with me. I think just, I had a big gripe with, uh, the, the camera, the first person cam change and the, um, uh, what you call it? The enemy variety, which was very lacking. I feel and yeah, I don't know. I just, I just never got the man. I want to play that again. Just not, just did not come, come to me at all. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll revisit it. See if I change my thoughts, but I don't know. I just didn't necessarily like seven when it came to others. I, I'd, I'd argue, I think I kind of like six, even over seven, which, you know, I think that says a lot, but that's just the preference thing. I think just the first person angle for a resident evil game. I just am not necessarily a fan of which, um, you know, I voiced my opinion, uh, during that play test to hopefully, you know, maybe we might get unlockable in RE8, who knows, but, uh, we'll see the combat. Yeah. That was another thing. Like the combat, it didn't feel visceral. If that makes sense, where just like, 
I don't know. It just didn't feel um, satisfying enough. Like the gun didn't feel. Uh, and I may again, I may be like spoiled by <laughs> modern warfare where I don't know. It just feels like the gunplay just feels really good. Like when you shooting a gun, it feels like you're shooting a damn gun, even if it's a pistol. Which yeah, in in this one, it didn't feel necessarily as good. I mean, the shotgun felt good in this demo, but I mean, that's few and far between. More most of the time, you're gonna be using the pistol anyway. So yeah, not to try to spoil the demo. I mean, there's not really much to spoil. I mean, technically, maybe there is, but either way, I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm just gonna keep it at the surface. Um, yeah, especially for people that uh maybe just want to skip the demo, just just skip to the game. Uh you know, immediately. Um, but yeah, at least without spoiling anything, uh, it's fine. I will say it does look really good for, for on PlayStation five. Um, I was messing with the settings, uh, for ray tracing, which uh, supposedly will, um, severely impact the performance. If you have ray tracing on versus off uh, spec wise, I think they said off, on uh will knock you down to 45 fps if you turn it on it'll uh give you 60 fps but apparently according to like a uh, digital foundry they did a anal anal uh um a video analyzing it um it seems like it does still stay around 60 on rt with rt on um so who knows i don't know but we'll see, I guess, when the main game comes out anyway. But yeah, so at least with that demo, uh, hopefully this is probably a very, it seems like how, uh, how I assume the game dev process, at least from what I've heard as well, is that like uh, these builds come out like months ahead of like the actual game, which is more polished than the demo. So hopefully that's the case. Maybe they, they've polished the game more with the gunplay and stuff uh, since then. But I don't know. It seems, uh, uh, I don't know. It seems it's a concerning, but we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind, especially as somebody who didn't, didn't enjoy seven, uh, compared to the other resident evils, especially, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so the, the church demo will be this weekend. Uh, and yeah, I forgot about the damn, uh, annoying time restriction. So basically you have eight hours to play a 30 minute demo within those eight hours, which is like, why just, why just limit it? Why don't you just limit the demo to the eight hours then? Why does it have to be 30 minutes? <sighs> so dumb either way this next weekend. It will be the church demo that, uh, they'll be showing and, um, you know, give you an idea about, um, so we'll see, I will uh, try that out. Give you a, give you my, um, impressions next week, uh, seeing if they possibly improve that as well. But, um, yeah, so <sighs> yeah, hard to say, uh, going by the demo, of course, but at least from that demo wasn't necessarily too impressed, uh, at least graphically wise game looks beautiful. But outside of that, at least the main, I guess, partial pillar, which is like combat, 
Uh, there wasn't necessarily any puzzle puzzles here and there necessarily just some look for self, look for stuff and get it kind of deal. But outside of that, that wasn't, that was pretty much it. Um, one thing I am happy about is that they do, they did include, uh, like you can definitely feel the inspiration from Resident Evil 4 for sure. Uh, they do have like hidden treasures you can shoot and find for money that, uh, at least according to the showcase, you can actually use to buy upgrades and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, this demo wasn't very indicative of, uh, what to expect. I don't think, but it's a okay, okay start, I guess it just, uh, I'm not sure what I even wanted from it. I guess just maybe just better combat, better, more fulfilling combat, but we'll see come, um, this next demo, what will if my mind will be changed, but we'll, we'll see. So yeah. Um, outside of the demo, uh, modern warfare, <laughs> literally what I've been playing all, all this, all of last weekend to this week. Um, well, specifically w- the Warzone portion for the most part, cause there was a double XP weekend last weekend, uh, since the end of the season ended recently. Uh, so I made that final push. I was like at like 60, I managed to get, uh, just, just like yes, yesterday or no Wednesday. I just, just then managed to get, uh, the rest of the XP out of the way. Um, so yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I also to try to switch it up a bit. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't make that. Um, the, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the black ops, uh, cold war. I keep trying to go back into it and it just, uh, does not, does not grasp me at all. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I tried to, I try, I keep trying to go back to it and try to see, I guess maybe justify to myself what I don't like about it where, you know, I think that's always hard sometimes when you're playing some games where it's like, it's not necessarily one specific thing you don't like. It's just, it seems to more or less be a culmination of a lot of things that you don't like. But I started like realizing more so what I didn't like about, um, about cold war. And it felt specifically like the net code to some extent, whether that be, it be potentially a technical issue or not, but it feels like whenever I get the advantage in terms of seeing the person first, which I think traditionally when it comes to multiplayer games, going by that rule and you, you know, aim and do the proper, you know, uh, steps to win or win a fight firefight. It seemed like with cold war, you seem to instantly die like, and it not feeling fair. If that makes sense, where it's like you're in a firefight and you first, you initiate the firefight, but then you instantly, excuse me for it, Mike, you instantly, instantly die after that, which, I never seen that in Modern Warfare in all the games I've played, but in Cold War, it seems to be like literally almost all the time. There's some exceptions, but majority of the time, I feel like whenever I get into a firefight, I instantly die without any like 
I guess, um, feedback of actually, uh, shooting the person back, which, um, maybe that could be attributed to, I know they added the health bar in, into the game, which I thought, nah, that just doesn't seem right for a call of duty game, but I don't know. I feel like I may give it another shake to try to fully, cause yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally at that point where it's like, I want to really like the game, but I don't so far. And I've been avoiding, I've literally been playing minor warfare all these times to, I guess, kind of satiate my desire for call of duty game every year. So, um, yeah. And then it was another factor, you know, going in, in turn with that factor of not liking the, um, not liking the, the gunplay. I thought maybe it's just my connection. So I do have a net Duma router, which is like a really awesome router for like a gaming enthusiast that you play a lot of multiplayer online games. It essentially, uh, helps cut, um, cut connections to servers that like, you know, if you're matching up a game and they, for some reason, put you on a server and like, I don't know, I'm totally shooting stuff, but, uh, like the Zimbabwe or something. And you like, I don't, I don't live in Zimbabwe. Why would you connect me to the server in Zimbabwe if I'm in LA, you know? So it helps with stuff like that, but you can also limit your connection to like a specific area. So like, let's say I only want to play with people in California. I can literally, uh, there's a roadmap in the, the routers UI where you can literally like sanction off, uh, who you connect to, to be only within the like California. So I even tried that. I didn't do it as strict as California. I like pretty much did it to the West. Um, so even did that literally made no difference. It felt like, so I'm like, I guess this must be how the net code is either that, or there's just some other issue. So I like, I, it bothered me to the point. I'm like, you know what? Let me do a little bit of research on this. So I like ended up like coming across a YouTube video that basically explains it. What seems to be potentially the major issues that the tick rate is, uh, why that happens. Cause they were showing literally the issue I was having where I like, we will, I would see the person first, raise my gun first, at least according to my screen, but instantly die, not even have a chance to shoot the person, which in some games, some scenarios you totally understand. It's like, okay, I didn't just get, I didn't get my gun up in time. My gun, like, uh, sprint time, sprint to fire time is really slow or whatever. But in these scenarios, it was one way too common. And two, um, you could just tell, you could tell that, that it doesn't seem like that's supposed to happen basically. So that pretty much was the case. Uh, still haven't necessarily figured out. I just got so frustrated with the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I just went back to war zone, which that's another thing I kind of have a gripe too about. Whereas like, even though they include modern warfare's multiplayer into the progression, uh, letting you progress, uh, through, through the game using modern warfare multiplayer, but whenever they have the double XP events, they won't let you, they won't give the double XP to people that play modern warfare's multiplayer, which it's kind of annoying. Cause it's like, I like, I love modern warfare's multiplayer way better than cold war so far. So it, uh, it's annoying where it's like, you know, double XP, they force you to play, <laughs> play a game you don't want to play. So at least somewhat of a balance, 
is being able to play like uh, Plunder in Warzone, which I played a lot of, uh, which I generally don't do. I generally stick to Modern Warfare as multiplayer, but uh, considering a double XP and the rush, <laughs> I was trying to complete the battle pass. Um, that's what came to be. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll do some more research, but it seems overall it just seems to be like a hit or miss thing. Cause I mean, at least from a general, like, you know, call of duty enthusiasts, uh, fans, it seems like a lot of people, I, I guess I'm still kind of unclear about it, but at least some of the big top people that I like follow in terms of call of duty news and, and, uh, you know, uh, updates and stuff. They seem to like it. Um, you know, uh, uh, but then again, it's like these people also don't like modern warfare. So it's like, that's kind of where I guess our opinions differ, but yeah. So that ongoing uh, trial continues. And now with the release of season three that just dropped, I think today or yesterday, uh, now it's like, you know, all the content that they releases for cold war. So it's like, uh, do I, I guess I have to try playing Cold War again and see if I maybe like it this time. But yeah, we'll see. Do some more research. Just try to figure out why I don't like, (laughs) which is way more time than I should give any game. But, you know, considering the state of this game and nature of this game, um, that's where I'm at. (laughs) Pretty much literally no other game. But of course, obviously for sure, single player, I wouldn't give this a chance, but I'm just, I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm very curious and fascinated as to why this is happening and what I can do to actually, if I can resolve it or, um, why it's, it's consistently seems to be happening. So there you go. Uh, outside of that, uh, also played a little bit of gears five. Uh, they, uh, I guess they added a new mode recently called execution 2.0, where it basically is traditional execution, but, um, traditional execution, but you can, um, what can you do? Uh, oh, like if you, if there is a one V one and you know, <laughs> you both are waiting for each other to do move. No, you, you move, no, you move they now added a, a, a factor where, um, if both people aren't, you know, confronting each other, they will, uh, add a ring where, uh, you know, if the person, the first person to get in there and capture it, they win, they'll win the match, um, or game round. So pretty cool, uh, aspects to execution considering they pretty much abandoned it for a while. I think a lot of people did, I mean, admittedly including myself where, I mean, that used to be the pillar of a multiplayer gears multiplayer, but, um, it seems now as team deathmatch seems to be where it's like you get a traditional team deathmatch match, but towards the end, it kind of turns into execution depending on how the, um, the, the match goes like, uh, in terms of the pool of lives. But, um, yeah, so, um, it, it's, it's pretty fun. I played like a good four four or so matches. Uh, it's pretty fun. I, I like it. Um, we'll see how long it'll stay. Cause it definitely isn't in the, like the ranked playlist rotation or anything like that. But it seems like they're trying to experiment, try to get, bring like, you know, what, what, what was essentially the, uh, I guess, um, pillar main pillar of 
Gears multiplayer back. So, I mean, we'll see what happens if, uh, if it actually, you know, gets some ground. Cause I guess that's the problem. Like, uh, a lot of people weren't queuing into execution. So I think it was one of the lowest, uh, playlists, uh, that people were like playing. So they, I guess, eventually just phased it out, which was sad. It's kind of crazy. I like that literally was what made gears so unique. Um, and made gears gears at the time. And now it's like nothing. <laughs> people are just playing uh multiplayer to prefer team death match over execution. But I'm like part of the problem. Cause I didn't, I did that. I do that as well. So, uh, Hey, if you're playing gears, give them, show some love to execution 2.0, just show some love to what the, the, the gears mode that made gears, what it, what it, what it was put gears on a map. Kind of gives you the same thrill and vibes of Counter Strike as well, of course, obviously. But yeah, so also uh, played some Master Chief Collection. Um, uh, I mean, nothing notable outside of that. I guess they did start a new. They did implement the update that lets you play um, Xbox uh, crossplay. Let you crossplay with PC players and vice versa. Um, which, uh, it's been pretty cool. And if you don't want <laughs> to get the, the PC tryhards with the, with the mouse <laughs> flick, flick aiming, was that the terminology? <laughs> said, uh, what, is that? what are you doing there? son? not that, uh, you doing that there, uh, flick aiming. <laughs> uh, what's funny is that that's literally going to be a reality in like a couple years from now. Like they're literally going to be, uh, families that, that fathers, Sooner or later, they're like, "Hey, hey, son, you, you, you doing that flick wrist uh, motion? Huh? You, <laughs> you doing that three sixty no scope? Huh? <laughs> uh, it's 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 funny. It's sad and funny at the same time. Um, uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, overall pretty cool. Uh, I forgot they did release the new map, uh, for Halo Three of all games, uh, that I uh forgot about that. Uh, at least I was play testing with their, um, their, uh, preview program, or I forgot what they call it. The flight flighting program, uh, which I could definitely vouch is a pretty great welcomed addition to the halo, halo three map roster. I mean, personally, I've just, I love playing halo master Chief collection just to play halo two. Again, I normally just queue for that first. And then I open it up to play like halo three or any of the other games that everybody else was playing. But, um, yeah, Thoroughly enjoying that. Halo is always a good time, man. That's that's a comfort game for me personally. Uh, if I want to just feel good, <laughs> everything, every other game is failing me uh, <laughs> about my failing, failing me and uh, dampening my self esteem. Halo Master Chief Collection. That'll that'll get you right. That'll get you right. You know, I guess that in gears as well. So, uh, but yeah, that is what I've been playing. Um, get into what I've been watching. Um, let's see. So, um, invincible, uh, episode, I think six, uh, not to spoil anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to try to, uh, be easy on the spoilers. Just give you, uh, some general, tidbits. Um, pretty good episode. Uh, I think this is one 
where there's basically a uh, robotic enemy, if you will. Um, I'm not going to go into detail how that comes to be, but it's kind of messed up. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, keep it in line with, you know, Invincible as a, as a whole series anyway. But um, yeah, pretty interesting episode. Uh, still kind of goes more into the turmoil of what um, uh, Invincible goes through in terms of, you know, trying to juggle real life with being a superhero. Ah. Uh, the, 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 the problems of, of that, um, <laughs> that we all have, of course. Um, but no, it was a pretty good episode. I did enjoy it. It felt like, uh, it felt like a traditional Saturday morning cartoon in the, in the most rated M rated R way, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, it's like, I got very like, uh, yeah, Saturday morning cartoon vibes, but like if it was R rated, <laughs> <laughs> which uh that's totally up my alley personally so i i loved all that so pretty good uh then of course falcon and the winter soldier who boy this episode was really good i have to say man um mainly uh i mean it was a, it was a lot of good tidbits of course um i guess i mean i got to i mm, I'm, okay, yeah, I could. I think I could dance around it. Um, so yeah, uh, basically, they're of course, obviously, they're you know John Walker from the last episode. There, there's gonna be some, there's gonna be some sparks flying after after what transpired in the previous episode. So pretty much, uh, that did <laughs> some some uh, I guess dare I say words were exchanged. Some uh, some physical altercations happened, and then um. Basically, uh, when all was said and done, uh, somebody got that shield. Uh, I guess I want to keep it mysterious who, who did or didn't, but, um, I think you can put some, put two and two together, uh, divide X by Y you might, <laughs> might get your answer, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I loved the segment with, um, uh, Sam and, uh, Isaiah, that was so damn powerful for, for me, somebody, you know, being a minority, uh, you know, being a black person of getting a, getting a understanding of, um, kind of, you know, just bringing to light how, uh, difficult it is for a person of color in, in this, especially in this like realm, like of being a superhero, uh, you know, kind of just that adversity that, 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 I mean, it's very one-to-one like that, you know, we face the, I don't know, just be somewhat equal to other people, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it was very cool to see that brought to light, kind of see more of Isaiah's story and see like why get his very unique perspective on like, he's very dead set on like, you know, no, there can't be no black black captain America. No, that's not possible. You know, it's like, you just, you, 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 you're in a delusion. If you think that, that that's even possible. And, you know, um, yeah, it was very powerful. Hey, as somebody who kind of can definitely identify with that kind of feeling of, 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 you know, yeah, just trying to be, yeah, just, 
I, yeah, it, it speaks for itself, really. Uh, very good. And then they really like were like very more adamant on it, which I definitely appreciate. It's like this is the stuff I like to see in a, um, you know, TV show uh, for Marvel where they really explore some of these like, I mean, honestly, hard issues that a lot of people, uh, well, specifically uh, Marvel, um, you know, wouldn't necessarily touch on. Uh, it's it's really good that they're really like really hitting it head on and like just they like are not like pulling any blows or anything. They like literally are directly talking about it where, you know, generally you expect ah they're not going to go full into it, but they like literally are going real really into it, like really touching on these issues that are, you know, still happening today, which is, uh, I definitely appreciate that, you know, it, it isn't all sunshine and rainbows in the Marvel, uh, <laughs> in the MCU either, which is, it's, 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 it's very appreciated to, you know, kind of bring some realism to the MCU, which I think is a really nice angle that, uh, they're taking. So, Props to Kevin Feige. I think he, I'm pretty sure he had some say in this too, where he's like, you know, bringing more diversity in, in, into the MCU now with what Shang-Chi, we got that trailer that dropped this week as well. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. Inclusion and diversity. Personally, I'm all for it, you know? Um, then of course <laughs> I had to, uh, I started getting back into family guys. Well, I think I'm on season six. 17. Yeah. 17. So, uh, I mean, it's family guys, family guy. I think it was, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. If there, were there any highlight episodes recently that they don't come to mind? They're all generally just give me occasional good laugh. It, <laughs> I forgot it's some episode and that is what I love family guy for. They just give you the most random shit that just is like so random. You can't help but laugh. That's, that's kind of my, my favorite humor. Um, what was it? There was, I forgot the premise, but they were basically <laughs> just out of nowhere. They started the episode off. They was like, uh, I think Peter was like, uh, you know, uh, it's weird that, um, uh, do you think that, uh, what is his name? The, the baseball, uh, player, uh, man, uh, Tiki Barber, I think. No, is that a, is that a, I think that's a football player. Basically, man, what is his name? That's going to drive me crazy. I got to look it up. I got to, I just got to, Ugh. I hate that I'm, uh, I hate that I'm typing black baseball player that something about that doesn't just sit right with me, but either way, uh, yeah, that did not give me the results I wanted. <laughs> uh, I, no, I did bat. I did black baseball. That's <laughs> that, of course, that's going to give me not what I want. Um, uh, who is it? Um, uh, damn it. Come on now. He's pretty, he's pretty famous. I'm thinking of the, he's, uh, oh, is this him? No. So I'm thinking of the black baseball player with the, the gap tooth. And I forgot his name. 
I'm gonna look up Family Guy. <laughs> I'm gonna add Family Guy to it because it's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, and who's the one lady from Good Times? Good Times Mom. Yeah, Esther Roll is Esther Roll related to baseball player. Let's see what that does. Not Jose Canseco, don't you dare. Damn it. I Oh, David Ortiz, is that it? We found it. Okay. Yeah, David Ortiz. So see just just how fucking random that is. I like I couldn't even remember it. Um, but either way, so <laughs> So basically the joke was like uh Peter was like, uh yeah, um I do you think that I think he said it that way. He's like, Do you think that um uh uh the good times mother um, S- do you think Esther Roll is is related to David Ortiz? Uh, <laughs> like what? It was so fucking random that, that that it made me lose it. But just just stuff like that. That's if you know me, that's kind of my um my type of humor. If it's just random, random as hell, that's just gonna get me. It's gonna take me out. Just put me uh just put a blanket on me because I'm out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So <sighs> good old family guy. That's, that's probably my comfort cartoon. I'd say just like, I can always just, just straight up, just watch, watch an episode of family guy. That'll uh, just give me a good laugh. Good comfort. But either way, that's pretty much what I've been up to this week. Uh, April 22nd, 2021. Um, yeah. I think that'll conclude episode 101 of Switches Sites podcast. Um, thank you guys for watching uh, and or listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, feel free to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. Greatly appreciate it. We on Pod, um, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcast. Um, uh, what is it called? Google podcast. I think that's what it's still called now. All that good stuff. Um, but yeah, until next time, don't cough. <laughs> don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Uh, get your game on. Oh yeah. Nobody's safe.